0: Good evening and welcome to episode 7 of the Norton and Hales Cricket Club podcast. This is a slightly different one than scheduled as uh, myself and Sam Calsell's diaries changed at last minute so we couldn't actually get the one scheduled but we will promise we'll get that episode to you. We have brought forward the scheduled episode 8 that was actually with Joe Wagg, the new Norton and Hales Cricket Club Keeper Batsman and we will be looking to go through all all of the things to do with Norton and why Joe chose Norton for the forthcoming season. So sit back, have a listen, and enjoy the podcast. Thank you. Good evening, and welcome to the Norton and Hales Cricket Club podcast, episode eight this afternoon. I've been joined by one of the new signings at the ever resurgent Norton and Hales Cricket Club, I'm joined by new club wicketkeeper, batsman Joe Wag. Good evening, Joe. How are you? I'm good, sorry, sorry, how are you doing? yeah, I'm very good I'm very good obviously, just for the listeners, um, other than the preamble chat that I've just had with Joe, it's the first time I've ever met him, um, so I'm keen to find out the information uh, as you lot are um, and if whilst you're listening to the podcast there's anything you want to know, any questions that we can answer socially by all means um, comment like, share all that sort of stuff. So uh, Joe, welcome to the club yeah, Thank you
1: very much I'm very happy to be. Joined.
0: No, no, good. And I'll be honest with you, given uh, the trouble and strife we've had behind the stumps, it's nice to have a, a wicket-keeper, batsman, join the club and, and kind of put us in a position where, I mean, I'm kind of uh, a little bit of in the knackers' yard when it comes to bowling, but I know watching the bowls from last year, a bit frustrated um, about catches going down and, and different things like that. So it would be kind of interesting to uh, see their reaction to having a, a bit of young keen, enthusiastic blood behind the stumps really, so um, for the the listeners and for myself really um, how come you chose cricket as one of your chosen sports and and where did you start really? Uh, Well, the first major influence to me is my dad's playing cricket Uh, he's played cricket his whole life um, so he
1: brought me into start but I suppose the reason it's one of my favourite sports is I think it's a lot more tested mentally than most other sports, it's probably why I find it most uh, interesting to play, but um, yeah, I think uh, I started off at Port Hill with my dad when I was seven or eight years old, something like that, and uh, quickly moved to Whitmore where I spent uh, nearly ten years. Mm-hmm. Um, and
0: then I played at Bentley last year for a year, um, just to change things up a bit, and uh, now I'm looking forward to starting season in autumn. Okay, greens. Okay, so, um, your role uh, in the sides is obviously wicketkeeper batsman. How lo- How old were you when you first sort of donned the gloves and decided that that was a? Because uh, obviously wicketkeeping is a key position. There aren't many of them around. They are a little bit like gold dust. Gold dust. What was the? What? At what point did you decide that wicketkeeping was a route you wanted to go down? I think it was around when we first started
1: playing hardball cricket. Uh, Twelve, thirteen, something like that. I think. Um, I was just—it hey, was one of those times where I was "Oh, who's going to become
0: like uh, the
1: wicketkeeper?" Then. And i, I love, I really enjoy
0: fielding. I actually do really like fielding, but I hate the fact that
1: I wasn't always
0: involved. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, obviously, as a wicketkeeper, you've got every single ball—you're you're involved in the game. I think that's what really did it for me. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Good. And then, obviously, from a point of view as a, as a batsman, obviously, again, I've literally never seen you playing. I pride myself on knowing pretty much. All the movers and shakers uh, across the division. So I have to admit defeat uh, where you're involved. What, uh, what, what would you describe your batting style as? Um, I've got. I think I bat quite quickly. So I mean, I've moved around quite a bit. When I was younger, I was quite small, so I found it quite hard to hit the
1: ball around like quite a bit. Hit score quickly, but then after. after I grew up a little bit. Um, I started becoming a lot more attacking as a batman. I think something that, which is something I find uh, naturally quite, um, comes to me better than uh, like the long innings, but it's something that I'm working on now is trying to uh, sort of cement the innings a bit better and be able to stay there a bit longer. Um, but yeah, as naturally I, 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 uh, I'm more of an attacking batsman, I'd say.
0: Okay, good. We definitely fit in at Norton and we don't do fudging too well. You've probably noticed from the scorecards. <laughs> I think our scoring rates are, are pretty up there. So, okay, brilliant. So, um, obviously, you mentioned um, that you grew up there. I mean, I, again, I don't really know too much. I know you're currently uh, recording the podcast um, from University of Liverpool. How old are you at the moment? Uh, 19, just
1: the 19 in the October. <sighs>
0: 19 well I'll give it to be that again okay so um in terms of um so you were at Betley last year um and obviously um uh, Betley going through um quite a big transition and change at the moment how how did you find um your time there last year we I know we've had um, in the group chats we've had some good chats about um, different players and performances and and things like that what what was your sort of experience at Betley like last year
1: Yeah. he approached me and said listen we've lost we've lost a lot of players having gone down already gone down from the Premier League um, we're looking to sort of rebuild a team around some young players and to be fair to, at the first he just said listen, if you only want to come for one season that's fine but um, come and meet everyone and see how you feel and it was a really good environment actually to play um, because the people there were just really nice everyone wanted everyone was everyone was playing for the club in a way which was nice as well um, mm. It's just a shame that towards towards the end we just struggled for players really, so it just it got a bit difficult. But it was nice that everyone everyone stuck it out to the end, really. um, and uh, we did the best we could. I, from a personal perspective, I think I learned a lot over the season as well, especially with my
0: wicket keeping. Um, so overall, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, it's not it's not the easiest place to keep, badly uh, because the pitches can be quite lively. Obviously, true bounce, and then obviously stood down the hill, in the. Um, the depth of the ball and different things. I know I've fielded it Slip and, and mid on down that bank, and it can be it can be quite difficult. So you know, different sort of surroundings and different players and different bounces and things like. That. I suppose it's a a difficult a difficult sort of place. And you know, div one's a decent standard. You know, more than decent standard to um, stand as another decent viewpoint from really. So okay, so um, I mean, uh, again, Betley. You know, uh, I've played. I played once there last year in the Phoenix League, Um, and again it's always been a nice place. Um, Probably a little bit too nice at at times, but you know, obviously we wish wish them well, and obviously whatever comes moving forward. What what prompted the the sort of um, thought processes to sort of get involved at Norton? I know um, you you're aware of sort of Jack Furnival and and that I know that was the, the the strongest link really, but what was the The main thing that attracted you other than Jack's pestering. think that's the biggest thing for me I've been at Norton sort of three or four years and having fallen out of love with the game um, and I suppose some of the people surrounded it I think um, Norton's sort of regalvanised my love for the game really just for you know the volunteers the passion and and I suppose the vision that the club have got really they're in a great position to start afresh do it the right way you know starting from the junior section with you know the club amounts in free training for all juniors that want to get involved and You know, it's a real genuine community experience, mean, the Christmas walk was just insane. You know, um, having the sheer volume of people backing and supporting the club, it just shows where it's looking to go for you know such a small village to have, you know, such a a great support network. It's 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 a great place to sort of move forward with, really. So, um, so yeah, it's obviously um, a a good choice. I would, I would, uh, I would like to say so. Okay, cool. So, um, moving on from that, then. So, um, again, welcome to the club. What are your sort of your main personal hopes and aspirations for the forthcoming season? Um, personally, I,
1: I mean, I haven't set myself any um, exact targets yet, but uh, I, last year I felt was sort of the year where uh, I sort of came, in, came into my own quite well with the keeping. So, I felt like I uh, became I'm more of a senior player with my you see know what I mean? So I b I've got quite a fair bit of experience now. And I just felt generally a lot more comfortable behind the stuff and stuff. Yeah. So obviously I want to I want to carry on that carry that through, um and uh, keep enjoying that. But also I wanna spend more time at the crease I think, is gonna be the main thing for me this season. Um yeah, a lot well it's probably <laughs> I know you said what? How would you describe your by style? My dad would probably say a bit reckless. Um, So I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna be
0: focusing very hard on uh, controlling that. Spending a lot of time at peace and protecting my wicket a bit more. I think. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, I I think from our point of view, there's no. We one thing that we always play at Norton. We always play the scoreboard pressure style of cricket. So um, we definitely believe that you know runs on the board uh, is a good thing and. Whether we get those quickly or slowly is 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 not really there. Really, we're definitely a club that believes in enjoying your cricket, playing to your own craft. I mean, you know, at the time. Sometimes we get a bit frustrated if we're trying to go a bit too gun ho, but that's just general frustration in the moment. But our general philosophy is, you know, scoreboard pressure cricket, and you know we we play hard and in the right sort of intensity really. So by all means, don't feel you under any pressure to. Um, sit there and occupy the crease and end up, you know, we, we're not the sort of club that's ever going to be 150 off 55 overs. i put it that way. We'd, yeah. we'd, we'd rather be 100 all out off 30 or um, 230 for nine off 55. You know what I mean? That's the sort of yeah, a, yeah. The, the type of cricket that we play. So, I think in terms of from that point, if you don't obviously just just enjoy yourself and, and kind of work from there, that would be my, yeah, that's my the,
1: advice. Yeah, that's the other thing I'd say. The, the main thing is really to enjoy myself. I think because um, I would like, like the past few years. It's not I, I haven't, uh, I haven't like, not enjoyed myself. It's not it's not been I haven't enjoyed myself as I did other, as much as I did the years a couple of years before that. I suppose like the first when I first started playing senior cricket. So that's that's the other main thing really, just to get back in and start enjoying myself again. I think.
0: Yeah, okay, definitely.
1: Sounds uh, like it should
0: be quite easy at Northern you've got we've got some characters. You you don't you <laughs> As long as you turn up with an exotic flavour of shower gel and a good bit of banter, <laughs> you'll fit in there uh, just nicely there. So okay, so um we decided to call the podcast today from behind the stumps. So obviously you've got you see cricket from a unique point of view from right behind the bowler's arm and, and different things. So from behind from behind the stumps as a wicket keeper, what are the Forget the skills and the attributes for the time being. What do you feel the role of a wicketkeeper is within the team? What do you think is the most important thing that you should be looking to bring to the team whilst
1: the team are fielding? Well, the first main thing that I always start off with is uh, you're setting a standard for the whole team. Because the the, likelihood is in those first five or ten overs, you're probably going to be taking 70% of the balls. Because they'll stop. They'll be beating the bats. They'll be leaving the batsmen. They'll be leaving it. That sort of thing, so If you can, if you can start off with catching the ball clean, not making mistakes, keeping everyone on their toes. That sort of thing. That that's always like sort of step one for me. When I, like as I go out as a as a keeper. Um, that would probably be one of the biggest things. Uh, also, I obviously I'll, I'll speak to Jack a fair bit. Another thing is just keeping your eye on the game, what the batsman's doing, how how you think the bowlers are doing. Um, give Jack, a, oh, Jack being captain, give the captain advice um, as and when you can. Um, but like the main thing also throughout the game is just keeping everyone awake, really, because it's very easy, especially in a boring game as a fielder, to switch off and then you'll miss that vital catch, yeah, run out, anything like that. So every keeper, you just got to keep everyone going, I think, is the main thing.
0: Yeah, OK, cool. Well, one of the biggest things, talk about wicketkeeping is obviously moving the feet and obviously that hand-eye coordination. So just to kind of, I mean, I've only ever kept wicket four or five times way back in about 2008 and I hated it because it's just something that I think if you haven't done at an early age, it definitely doesn't come naturally to you. What yeah. The bowls running in, what are the, the sort of the key things that you're sort of looking for and the key moments before you're moving your feet, your hands, making a judgment, what what sort of things you are looking for?
1: Coming up, I start very low mm-hmm. and stay as low as I can for as long as I can. Is the main thing. So, if it is, because if if it is that the ball takes a funny bounce and nips in or nips down like times so like that, if you're still low to the ground, you've got plenty of time um, to sort of get across. And uh, the thing is, the main thing for me is your positioning because catching the ball was not the hard part; it's just being in the right place when it comes. Yeah. So, if it, and. Uh, Everything starts with your head, I suppose. Because, um I suppose the main that's sort of the main way I train is if your head's in line with the ball, then your hands will be so the ball will just be. That's
0: the that's probably the main focus when I'm when I'm keeping. Yeah, okay. Good 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 start obviously. I think for think for me, I mean, uh, I've always been a passionate fielder as I've got a little bit older and I'm not quite as energetic and enthusiastic as I used to be. One of the biggest things I'm always looking for from a wicket keeper is just not only are you setting the standard, but you're also setting the pace of the innings as well. So yeah, if if the wicket keeper's late, like feeling lethargic and you know, the ball goes into the outfield and they're not getting to the stumps and they're not sort of catching it and having a general buzz, it's kind of that sort of that heartbeat. And I think, you know, some of the best yeah. keepers that I've ever played with and against, you know, as as a batsman is the ones that are just busy, you know, when you're trying to concentrate and different things like that, they're not they're not being horrible, they're not being spiteful they're not sort of you know giving it too much look they're just generally being busy and they're like instead of you concentrating you're too busy watching what the keeper's saying or they being funny are they being you know they're just generally being a little bit too zippy for your own sort of light really and yeah, i think that's I mean, the I frustrating mean, the thing, thing as a batsman, if you have like a rough over is then to have five minutes
1: standing in the middle talking to your friends so as a keeper if you can be from one end to the other and well, I don't know. As fast as you can, and you're waiting on the when It puts pressure on them to come out and get themselves batting again when they're not ready. So, yeah, that's something I, because as a junior cricketer, it's not, it's not something that's um, picked up on enough. I don't think. And it was when, when I came, when I first kept for in first team cricket at Whitmore, it was something that a lot of the senior, a couple of the senior players got onto me about was you need to start setting the pace of the game, get yourself jogging through, keep everyone else going. So yeah, I think it is a, it is a big focus of uh, of
0: wicketkeeper. I think that's I think that's the the biggest thing that I would say around sort of modern cricket is really. I think cricket's always been a very technical game, and um, there's a lot of coaches floating around at the moment. One of the biggest things that always stood by me being a junior cricketer was how much theory there was, and and obviously uh, the standards and like the hidden sort of the hidden roles within teams. You know, if you, you set the pace. You, you know, if you're fielding a backward point the tempo at which that game's supposed to be played at rather than in other different fielding positions. And I think a lot of that education sort of goes out the window really because obviously everybody's fighting for time and everybody wants to hit a ball, everybody wants to throw it, everybody wants that. But that backward side of the game, you know, sometimes I feel, um, gets a little bit lost and it's own you know, if that could be embedded as a, a general rule point at an early age, then I think that's definitely setting um cricketers moving forward really and you mentioned at the start of that and we've mentioned it previous on the podcast just how mentally demanding the game of cricket can be and if we all know what our roles and our individual functions are then that takes a lot of the the wilderness and the lack of uh, functionality out of the game really I think it's definitely something that I know from speaking to Ballers he's definitely keen to to work on with the juniors so it's good yeah. to hear that coming from a 19 year old lad that that's the sort of standards and expectations that that you're setting for yourself, really. Okay. And cool. So, um, away from um the technical sides of, of cricket and, and batting and things like that, you mentioned <coughs> pardon me, I've got a bit of a cough on the go. You mentioned at the start of the podcast that um cricket was quite immensely demanding and, and things like. that's one of the things that you look to get involved. What what um, sides of cricket from a mental point of view do you like, like to see as a challenge have you got any particular um, oh, parts God of the no. game I mean
1: I, I, love, I mean I do love wicket-keeping and um, it is mentally tough and you have to stay concentrated the whole game because you're always involved but 100% for me batting. if you come into coming into a tough situation as a batsman and really having to stick it out for I don't know Let's say ten or fifteen overs. With, like it sounds weird coming from someone because obviously I tend to score a lot faster. I'm not usually sort of a batsman like this, but what I enjoy most is you're going into a tough situation. Um, you've let's say you've lost three or four quick wickets and you're struggling for runs. Just going and having to stick it out for ten or fifteen overs, whether you've got well that's just for ten runs or fifty, whatever. And then getting through that and managed to make the innings of it by far, I think is. Uh, I think.
0: It's mentally tough, but really, really rewarding afterwards. That's probably my favourite side of cricket. Um, but the handful of times I've managed to do that is probably uh, the most fun I've had, I'd say. OK, cool, perfect. Um, so let's talk about Joe away from cricket then. So obviously you're studying at university at the moment. What what degree are you studying? History. History. OK, I'll be honest, that's not really what I was expecting you to say. So talk, talk me through... Um, why history? What's what's the hopes, dreams, aspirations, career choices you're looking to make? Well,
1: that's the thing. I've, I mean, um, I've always, I've never, I've never really known what I wanted to do after uh, I finished studying. So, um, like when I was picking options at school for like A levels and stuff, I just picked what I enjoyed. And I was really interested in history, so I picked history. Um, I did English because I was quite good at it and I did, I think I did politics because I just wanted to try something you new. Um, doing it at uni was simply, I found it the most interesting out of a few and I figured it might, um, sort of, I spoke to a few people and they said that it should leave my options open a bit more because I think the only thing, the only sort of idea I have for after uni is possibly going into business, um, might be something I'm interested in but
0: yeah okay well I, I think I think what history does there is history gives you a lot of um recognizing patterns in years and yeah. history's got a very strange way of repeating itself so uh, especially in the world of business and things like that I definitely think it's something that that you can that you can use um so so yeah. you're so you're at Liverpool at the moment um what's the What's the social life like? Let's, go, let's get down to the real reason why people go to uni. That's, that must be a trick question, because <laughs> it's fantastic in Liverpool. Yeah, they, um, I mean, the reason it's so good, it, the reason it's really good for me is I'm
1: living at, um, I'm not living on campus. I'm sort of living at a student village. Mm-hmm. So there's like there's other students everywhere all the time, which is nice. So uh, you don't like like stuck on your own at all. You always someone to go for a drink with that sort of thing. And um, I mean, going out. Liverpool for me is just one of my favourite cities
0: because they're sort of, all the best places to go are all in one place, so you'll go out and just eat, much everyone you know all the time, stuff like that, so yeah, socially, I'm really enjoying it, it's great. Okay, cool. Um, now, you mentioned city life, Norton is probably um, as rural as rural gets, Um yeah. What's, um, f- from the point of view obviously drinking obviously L- Norton's still got a great heritage for that obviously given the fact that we're backed and supported by our partners over at Jowls good question are you cider lager or bitter oh if it um, probably bitter to be
1: fair um, got, I don't drink cider really uh, unless it's
0: Proper warm day or something like that, but um, no, I'd probably be better out of the three if I'm uh, just having a drink after a game or something. Yeah. Okay, well you'll go down well at Norton then because definitely they do decent bitter I'm, a, I'm more of a logger man myself, but uh, I, you'll definitely uh, you'll definitely do well there. Um, can you give us a bit of an inside track on to uh, our other um, winter signing, Mr. Ollie Tinsley? What what can the club look to <laughs> expect from from young Ollie? Well, I played with him for a very
1: long, I've been to with him for oh, i don't know how long. Uh, must be eight years or so. Played cricket with him probably the same amount of time. Um, I would say as a definition of an all-rounder for me, I'd say um, fantastic in the field. Uh, he's quite—he he can be quite quiet, but he sort of goes sort of doing his own thing. If you see what I mean, could be concentrated on his own job. Um, Pretty good, ball. very. Uh, one thing I, one thing I always enjoy is, is batting with Tillers, because you know I was I was talking about that, um, like getting stuck in a in a tough situation batting and battling through it mentally that sort of thing. Yeah, that's one side one side of his game that I've always always said he's he's quite strong with, mm-hmm. and I always say my my favourite innings I've batted I've batted with him, um, yeah. But yeah, all <coughs> like all round cricketer uh, for me.
0: A nice bloke as well, actually. So, OK, cool.
1: Yeah, another, another good
0: timing aren't they? Good. And what can we expect for him off the field? Come on, let's be honest. Is the only reason we play cricket is for the off-the-field off, off the field camaraderie. What what can we expect down at Bearstone Road from uh, Ali? He, he takes
1: he might might take a bit to get him, uh, get him into it, but when you, when you get to know him a bit, uh, he'll come out of his shell and have a bit of a laugh. He likes to drink as well. I think he's more
0: of a bitter bloke, too. So uh, he, he should fit in, uh, fit in there nicely. Okay, well, the chairman and the committee will be happy then. Profit's going up on him a bit. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Okay, so let's um, move forward into. Um, you may have uh, noticed I always up finish and go into the latter part of the podcast talking about um, who we played with and that sort of stuff. So the way this the way this works is uh, I ask you who is the best overseas professional that you've ever played against? I've played against. Um, oh. and the good thing is you've got to be unprepared. So that half the good thing about the podcast is listening to you painfully, trying to scatter through your memory and think, who do you want to choose? This is quite a tough question, to be fair, actually. I'm going to say, because I think he's brilliant. I've played, I played, played with him for years, but I've played against
1: him in... Um, in a sort of a friendly charity game, yep. um, Yas Mataza from from Whitmore, who I've played with years, I think is absolutely brilliant. And I think um, not—I mean, he's technically he's amazing, but mentally he's, he's a fantastic player. I've never seen where so he just think he spent, he spent the whole game. He never switches off. He's just thinking the whole game. It's a really clever, and he's a lovely bloke. But um, I remember watching him bat in a game against Port Hill. And uh, we went. He went into bat We weren't. We weren't struggling, but we weren't doing great. And he must have hit about hit something like ninety off fifty something balls doing the ridiculous. and it was just incredible to watch. he was bowling against their pro. He's batting against their pro. so I can't remember his name. This is a couple of years ago.
0: Um, um, the same one they've got now.
1: Yeah.
0: As a so. as a roller. Possibly.
1: Might, I, I, I might be wrong. Please uh, do. But, I mean, when you watch a pro bat against um, amateur players and you do really well, everyone's going, yeah, OK, please. but he's obviously batting against his other pro and still just knocking him all over, and he doesn't just score in one place, <coughs> he's knocking him all over the pitch, and he's absolutely incredible to watch. So, yeah, for me, um, yeah.
0: Well, I haven't really I haven't really got that much knowledge, you guys, besides all I know is that he's um, very widely renowned as probably one of the cleanest and hardest strikers of a cricket ball, Um I didn't really get a chance to see it at the 2020 last year because we got him quite cheap, but uh, I know facing him for bowling, he's very wily in terms of from that point of view as well. And uh, on what was quite a lethargic Sunday afternoon, he was 100% committed to the cause, running around, making sure everybody was on the toes. And you know, not everybody always takes Sunday afternoon cricket that that seriously, but he was he was up for it and really pushing yeah sorry I was just saying um, we played against them on the Sunday T20 last year um, yeah. and the only I didn't really get a chance to see him back because we got him early uh, and we were yeah. he was probably the one to watch for us because we know he strikes it clean he strikes yeah. it hard strikes yeah. it firm uh, but what we wanted to try and do was work on um, have a look at bowling and he was he was on the button he was switched on yeah. making sure everybody else was doing what they should be doing and, and really he was probably even though he didn't really do much with the back he was probably the the major difference on the day, really, which you know, considering we yeah. only got literally three first team cricketers out that day, it was obviously quite difficult. So, yeah, I can, I can see where you're going from that. Um, now, given the thing f- is, Here, go on. so yeah, he, that's just that whole idea of him the way he's always thinking. Because he, he, I think one of the big things when you bring on a bowling change, not necessarily just the bowler, is what they're going to do to the rest of the team as well. Mm-hmm. And there's
1: always this feel that when the Ashford to bowl. Everyone gets a little bit more belief, and he expects the highest standards from his fielders. That everyone will just get switched on instantly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which for me, that's what that's what made the difference. It happened with his batting as well. He could change the game around for everyone else, and that he going go into bat. It gives you that extra bit of belief, that mm-hmm. it makes everyone else
0: play better as well. I think. Yeah. Okay, cool. Right, so you can't choose him again, considering you said that you played with him. Okay, um, best overseas critter you've played with. So, we had, I spoke about right him the other day actually in the chat. Um, uh, I only managed to play with him, I think, five or
1: six times. James Price, mm-hmm. um, South African uh, all rounder. Well. I'd probably say he's more of a batsman, but he's he's an all rounder. Um played with him at Bentley last year. Um, and he had, I mean, his bowling was very consistently good. So, he was a great opening bowl for us. Um, his fielding was really good, really a high standard, similar to it kept everyone on the toes, but his batting was, some of the. he played one innings where I think he hit 139, something like that, and it was, I think, I think it was when we played, we played against Eccishaw at home, and uh, we ended up getting the biggest score we've got, because bear in mind, obviously we struggled a lot last year, Yeah. Um, in this game, he just couldn't believe how uh, cleanly he was striking the ball, because he was hitting, he hit like a six, Like, straight, but he was hitting the ball, like, flat. Like, it was probably, like, two metres off the ground for the whole way to the boundary. It was just incredible to watch. Because he he would hit the ball with... Without... Like, the ball wasn't going the ball in the same place. They were blowing it all over the track. And -hmm. he was just moving... It was like his movement. He'd just move around the ball to be able to hit it where he wanted to. Yeah. And it was just incredible, just watching him back. It was like, where on earth they switched the ball? (laughs) Everywhere they bowled, he just hit the ball for four. Yeah, he was... And he... To be honest, socially as well, he was a really nice and really funny guy, um, which I think really helped us last year because obviously it was very hard to um, sort of keep morale quite high playing in, in that team because we were just struggling competitively. So um, yeah. when he came in a few games in,
0: he was sort of having this brilliant player who's also like trying to perk everyone up, on their toes as well. So yeah, all around, he was just he was just brilliant. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Again, we were having a chat about him. Uh, in the chat obviously as a club we're always on the scout for uh, progressive cricketers and, and people that and can improve us in the in the right direction so okay cool moving on then so the, the overseas ones are the easy questions I'm afraid Joe but this is where we get really difficult okay who's the okay. best English paid cricketer you've ever played against <laughs> is this is the one that people shirk so this is one where you got to get being off the fence. been only nineteen, um, I haven't played. Against, I, if I have, I've
1: never, I've never um, taken note enough. I, I suppose. Uh, let me think.
0: Because you would have had what? Uh, you would have had what? A season, two seasons at Whitmore, in the prem, maybe. Yeah, yeah, two seasons. I think. Uh, um, I'm trying to think of sort of like best innings that
1: I've sort of played against. Um, because I can't, I think it's unfair me to like pick the best one, that, I think, because yeah. obviously I've not played enough played
0: enough time with him. Yeah, no, no, yeah, that's fine. Comments, it's, all, it's all relative, um, it's all in context, so. Yeah. I think from
1: a wicket-keeping perspective, um, I I might
0: go with a wicket-keeper. Oh, I can't, I can't remember his
1: second name, I don't think. Which, which club? Dux uh, Team Wicket-Keeper, Mickens. Uh, Bre- is Brealey,
0: is Steve brilliant Steve really Yeah, you played with his brother last yeah. year. Yeah, played with his
1: brother last year, yeah. yeah. Watching him keep. I mean, I've never seen him bat. Um, I don't think I've seen him bat uh, long innings. Mm-hmm. But I remember watching him keep. In, as, and this was when I was quite young. I think I was just fielding in our first year when I was probably 50. Yeah. Um, I remember watching him keep and thinking, well, that's the sort of standard I want to get myself to. Because yeah. it was he everything that we've said about wiki-keeping on, on this phone call, that was like, he was sort of an example that I'd take. Yeah. So I could I'd go watch the way he kept the team going, keep everyone on toes, but also the fact that he was watching everything the other team was doing as well, sort of mm. taking notes and seeing it kind work out the best way to get the batsmen out. So, and that, this is all apart from the fact that technically he's brilliant <laughs> not He's not missing the ball, everything's taking it cleanly. Um yeah so watching i and I remember after watching him the first time trying to store of
0: whenever we played against him keep an eye on his keeping um see what I can take away from it yeah yeah so maybe not, maybe that'll be my answer, yeah yeah, I've played against Steve quite a bit, and he's uh cause he's actually uh good friends with Mike at the place for us, he was in the same county set up in um, same age group, so. Uh, yeah, he's always been like that. Uh, he was—he was known as Gob, Gob on a Stick when he was younger, young Briers. Um Always got something to say. Always, yeah. always busy. Always in like a fly in the ointment and what really, really nice with it at the same time. know, obviously, yeah. um, obviously had a bit of a sniff on the first-class scene with Leicester, and obviously um, yeah. done the work for staffs last year. So yeah, good choice, good choice. So this is where it gets really difficult. Who's the best um, UK paid cricketer you played with? Well, that's, that's why it's difficult young man that's why it's difficult get off the fence um, so, because to be fair apart from the past uh, from the past couple of years obviously
1: I've only played like team picket at betterly but we only played there's only one place later um, yeah. Whitmore I uh, had Mike Hill and Tim Maxfield um, mm-hmm. last year Um. Before that, I don't think we had any. I can not remember. Yeah. So I'll just pick. I'll just pick out a Mike and Tim. Okay.
0: Um, two contrasting characters. I, yeah. 2 I'd both. Um, I'm going to go with Mike because, on, in the same game that um, Yas played that innings um, <laughs> at
1: Port Hill, uh, Mike had. I think Mike went into bat, and we were, We that was when we really were struggling because that was at the start of the game. This is. I'll get onto his bowling in a minute, but his batting. He just. He went in and did not hit many runs to start off with. And mm-hmm. it just looked like he was really struggling. And this was batting against their pro bowler as well. And then out of nowhere, he just went bang, 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 all around the ground, just hitting 60s, 4s, and just completely turned the game around. Mm-hmm. And I would say, even though, because when I played at Whitmore a couple uh, of seasons ago, we really struggled with consistency with the bat. Mm-hmm. But then every now and again, um, and to be fair, this goes for Tim as well. Max, Hilly, and Tim would come out and just win a game. like. And just sort of show the quality they had with the bats, and it was just great to see. And the other thing, um, Hillier when he bowls, is like like the same as these professional bowlers when he bowls, the fact that he expects like the highest standard when he's in, in the field when he's bowling. Mm-hmm. Um, which I love. like if he's playing in the Premier League, play <laughs> the best standard you can. Like for us, we're playing the best standard you can um, in our area, so you should be at, your, at the highest standard you can in the field. Um, so yeah, for me, I think Michael probably be the best. Uh,
0: English player player. Yeah, I think I think the, the important thing that is obviously from a paid point of view that's when you not only you're looking for runs and wickets from from a pay cricket you're looking to raise the standard of the entire team and yeah. create a role model, create somebody that, as I say, not only sets standards but really sets expectations about what what is required to get the best out of people and obviously achieve the best possible results. And I think that's. The mark of a true paid critic. If you've got somebody, you know, and there are a lot of people floating around the leagues that are being paid because, for various different reasons, but you do. It's very rarely you see people that can literally grab a team by the scruff of the neck and raise the standards, raise the expectations, and and do what ultimately the club are looking for. Really, so I think that's a, a pretty decent choice. And obviously, um, both him and um, Steve have sort of swapped roles. Really, have obviously. Mike's gone to to Meekins and uh, Briers has gone to, to sort of Wood Lane. So obviously two topical talking points there. Um, right, okay. So they're the they're the hard ones. Now we get to down to it, like the people like me and you, the non pay cricketers. Who's the best club cricketer you played against? People you know are just playing it for the love of the game. Just, just all around or technically or just or, just, just, just people you've seen, it's just what you perceive to be a best fitter. There's no right or wrong with it, it's just who I've just do I've played with. Against. Actually. We'll do with in the mint. No, against against okay. first. I against. Um I don't
1: think we played against that so really really function. Um uh,
0: well, I'm sure I've Can we do with first? Well then, no, we'll do with first as long as you don't set the fence. I did.
1: But for me, from my personal,
0: for me personally, um, uh, Rich Tonya who has been well? for Whitmore for the past
1: the past few years, mm-hmm. um, because when I said when I said I first came into Whitmore's first team, first of all he was one of the blokes who I think made me sort of feel really comfortable in the team, brought me into the team quite well, um, and that idea of he cause he was he was. Obviously, it's the wickkeeper's job to keep the standards and tempo, but he was sort of a fielder that always did that. He was one of the people who really pressured me to raise my own standards. Yeah. Um, to like sort of keep the tempo going, keep the standard going. Because things it, it like he'd get the ball um, under no pressure in the field and then he'd just throw the ball in at the stumps mm-hmm. if I wasn't there. Then obviously he knew someone was backing up, but he'd, then he'd just shout to me and say, you should, That's where you should be, that sort of thing. Yeah. say yeah um.
0: Really, real. I hosted a radio show with him. I've done countless charity events and uh, grown up with him. So yeah, it's good good to hear his name pop up on the podcast. And obviously, he's out yeah. sort of coaching uh, out in Pakistan at the moment. Yeah, he's doing and obviously... well coaching
1: at the moment,
0: I think he is. Yeah. It's yeah he's doing well. I it's, it's actually. I don't think he's got enough press on it from the back. He's the first um, white person to coach and have a professional role in Pakistan cricket for. A long, long, long time. And obviously that in itself is a lot of people I know doubted whether he should do it and, and various different things. But fair play to him. Obviously he's followed his passion as being a fitness professional and obviously mixed it in with cricket. And, you know, the the standards that you're talking about there ultimately what got him that. He obviously was spotted by one of the overseas professionals that liked what he was clearly doing in terms of pre-game warm-up and, and things with you. And obviously that's obviously got him a gig in there. In the, in the professional game, which is obviously is great to great to see, really. So, uh, all the all the all the best to him. So, um, right, you you've sat at the fence now, and you've had five minutes to think about it. Who who's the best one you played against? Yeah, I'm still thinking I think I've got.
1: Mate, this is, right
0: best, up, this is the best. This is the best. This is the best part of the podcast: the pain of listening to you think. you've obviously got you've got most of the ones floating around the Premier League you've obviously played quite a bit of club cricket um, there were some very good club cricketers floating around Division 1, um, I, one of, oh, I could go with someone that I actually I played with once, um, for a season uh, and
1: I played against him a couple of times before Go on then. I mean, not necessarily be one of the best, but um, definitely that uh, I've played against. Them. i played with was uh, Justin Mould, who's now, uh, um, I, I think, I
0: haven't heard anything different, so I'm assuming he's still at Bangalore Norton. Yeah, Worm, yeah. Uh, Wormo, yeah. Yeah, Wormo, yeah. He played, because he, to be fair, actually did a lot of junior coaching with me when I was young at Whitmore.
1: Um, and unfortunately have moved to Bangor just uh, I going to be captain, so I had a lot
0: of talking, but, um, I played against him in a couple um, of them. Uh, the uh, the I think. So they to the hang on a Have you gone into um, Joe? Because you've kind of gone. trouble picking up. Your... consistency of the players I'm talking about. Um, I love like, the players that are always switching on mentally.
1: Along with an incredible technique, you can go out and, and bat perfectly, or um, bowl perfectly, that sort of thing. But I think what's really important for teams is to have those players who are switched on and kind of work out how to get a batsman out or um, how to like, keep a bowler out, that sort of thing. And uh, obviously, growing up as a junior at Whitmore, I watched a lot of our first team cricket, uh, and so I watched Justin play quite a lot. Um, I think he's always batting around number five when I mean, he's sort of that player that has come in when things aren't going too brilliantly and sort of slow things down and control the game again. I know, uh, I think he's got a bit of a mouth on him in the field, which is quite nice to have. to it's, uh, it's quite good to have that like one, there's one or two people on your team
0: who can um, try and get in a match for a little bit and that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, Wormer is probably a good shout for that. Yeah, good. I fully agree with that. Again, I've known Justin quite a while. Um, we've had a couple of. Very good, fierce, and uh, well contested uh, battles over the last couple of years. Obviously, we both got promoted in, from Div Three. Um, we were the only side to beat them last year, which I know is a, a massive bone of uh, contention with uh, with Justin. But yeah, good good choice. And again, I think just comes back to that thing. It's just having intelligent cricketers. Cricket isn't just about yeah, bat and yeah. bowling. it's about um, who can actually lead the the eleven guys well, and who can point you in the right direction really. And I think that's a Definitely a good way of of, of looking at it and, and pushing it forward. So, some good choices there, and well done for getting off the fence. A so I'm, I'm massive impression. The first one that's completed all six six answers there. So well done. So <laughs> really? first one off the off the bat for you. So um, right, let's just wrap this podcast up then. So um, in terms of um, moving forward in, in terms of thing, obviously, what what do you know of of Norton and Hales? Who are you looking to? Who you looking at playing cricket with? Who you looking forward to playing with?
1: Well, I know know obviously um, this this might sound like a bit of a typical answer, but to be fair, Jack is one of uh, one of the biggest reasons I'm coming because I've played against him as a junior quite a lot of times and as a senior once or twice, and um, I think for me I I, I last year the sort of captaincy switched around a lot and Whitmore has changed over the past couple um, a bit over a couple of years and I'm excited to see what um, what Jack's going to do with the team and what he's going to be like as captain So I think it's good having someone quite young as well someone who will, might take risks uh, try new things that sort of thing um, so yeah that's one of the things I'm probably excited for because so that's something I always think is the most important thing as your captain when you're playing cricket is mm-hmm. At the end
0: of the day, it's one person who's got to make, got to make the biggest decisions in the game. Really, so yeah, I'm excited to be playing the under Jack as captain. Really, it's one of the main things. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And do you know much about our sort of X factor, Kashif Ali Moon? What? Uh, Kashif, our sort of, um, we we've got a lad called Kashif who. um, Uh, Okay. Yeah. He's got a uh, he's got his he's got his league record of 232 which I, don't, I still don't know how he understood, uh, how he no, got to. Yeah, no, I have heard about, yeah, I think Jack went into this a little bit. Now go on, carry on. No, no, it's just, uh, just wondering what you, you're inside to, he's, 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 he's a very much, he's an anomaly as our Kashif, he, he can turn up and literally you look at him and go, oh my God, this guy's the best cricketer you've ever seen, and then some days he can be very ordinary, but yeah, he definitely gives yeah. us a little bit of X factor, and um, when, if he does get going, he doesn't hit sixes, he hits twelves, so he's, uh, that's Very much an anomaly, So, uh, and like I say, he's he's, he's definitely uh, one one to keep to, because he definitely goes to the stumps and he does spray the other one down leg like, side, so I hope you can move your feet and yeah, uh, use your hands, no, no, good, no, he's def- um, definitely definitely bit to play for, and then you've got um, my brother Chris, who will be the opener bowl first change, probably one of the most intense cricketers you've ever met in your life, sometimes positive, <laughs> Sometimes not necessarily not uh, in the best way. So we've definitely got plenty of characters, and i I know um, from having this chat with you. Uh, it's generally the first time I've had chats with you, and it's definitely been a pleasure. Um, so. Thank you very much for joining us on the podcast. And again, uh, thank you. No, you're thank welcome. Much. No, you're welcome. Like I said, I told you it was just a little bit of a chat and a little bit of banter, so don't worry about it. Um, yeah. Again, if you've listened to the podcast and you've enjoyed what you're listening to, please like, comment, share, and uh, spread the news on what it is that we're trying to do. Cricket season is fast approaching. Transfer deadline twenty eighth of February. Um, and if you've been listening to the podcast and your juniors want to get involved with Norton and Hell's Cricket Club, we've got free winter and summer coaching coming up so get involved and thank you very much for listening and we will tune in next week thank you very much